0: Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to a new season of After the Message. If you are stumbling along this podcast, you are on the Celebration Church Orlando podcast, and this is a segment we like to call after the message i and feel like
2: we need to have like a special way that we say that like yeah. after the message yes. like I, it's got to have like a reverb for, yeah we got to have a some reverb. reverb on the Absolutely. end of it yeah, let's do that sure. in post production <laughs> i'm like looking over like someone's going to do it but i'm looking at you Nate so <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man yeah like i was saying you know after the message it's it's really simple uh, it's uh, just a conversation about the previous sunday sermon mm-hmm. and um, we're picking up in week 2 of uh, a new series called uh, deconstructed and uh, we're talking about uh, doubt and we're talking mm-hmm. about what happens when faith and doubt intersect and uh, before we go any further uh, you already heard him but our lead pastor of Celebration Church of Orlando is joining us this, uh, this morning well it's probably it could be whatever time you're listening yes to this, whatever but...
2: time you may find this <laughs> <laughs> pastor Keith Pittman how are you my friend I am doing well man I am doing very well excited about this series excited about this season um, just of our church of mm-hmm. life, you know, in, in the time of this recording, as we we're just talking about, like, a lot of moving parts. My son's about to graduate, so yeah. just processing through a lot of those things, man. So, um, excited and nervous, grateful, all at the same time, man. Yeah, the beauty of life, right? <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful,
1: man. Uh, this the series already, you know, touch on a. Uh, the past couple weeks because we usually like to, you know, do it a week at a time. But mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch on the past two weeks here in this segment. But so far already, there, I feel like it's it's already been a full series and we'll only yes. <laughs> in the second week. And, you know, we had our, our, our quip uh, night the other mm-hmm. night talking about mental health, and uh, I, I thought that that was uh, incredible. And so thankful for the guests that came yes. out uh, to to speak on that. Uh, And it, if you want to, you can you can go on YouTube or YouTube channel Celebration mm-hmm. Church Orlando and, and check that out as yep. well. So I think it it helped a lot of people and gave us more to think about, too, as far yeah. as I know it did for me as far as my own mental health.
2: Yeah, I I was um, I think with with uh, anything that we do, you know, there's there's a, a process of what we do is for us as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something that I truly believe is that we don't just work in ministry and it's outward focus but it's it's for us as well so as i was participating in it i was like this is helpful for me so i'm hopeful that Mm -hmm. it's helpful for others and so hearing you say that and even hearing some of the feedback it's encouraging because you just you never know yeah like man this is helpful for me but is this are you guys getting something out of this because i don't want to keep doing this if it's not working but man i'm getting a lot out of it
1: (laughs) well i went i went home that night man and i was told jen i was like i do that (laughs) you know like there's a couple (laughs) things i was like i think i do that (laughs) so (laughs) anyways uh how did we get here how did how did we get to this series like you know we had an incredible uh resurrection sunday Mm -hmm. uh service and we were so thankful for for everyone that came out and uh glad you know thankful that uh, a lot of those people have decided to to continue to to show up and yep. be a part of our church as well but Amen. but but how did we get to a series uh focused on this topic of
2: deconstruction man um i think it's been it's been bubbling probably for about a year mm-hmm. so so what ended up happening is i started noticing more and more people walking away from the faith so this is going back i guess in like uh, the middle of the pandemic. So again I go I'm giving a time reference and people could be listening to this at any point but like so I guess it was probably like 2020 mm-hmm. 2021ish early in that season where I began to just recognize that 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 season had sparked a crisis in a lot of different ways but for a lot of folks in a faith context and beginning to see how churches were evolving and devolving and a lot of things were coming to light meaning like um just pain points in the church, mistakes in the church coming to light, and as a result of that, seeing people walk away from the faith. So I think that's when it really caught my attention. One, because I'm a practitioner, I'm, I'm a pastor and it's my calling, it's my profession, It's something that, that we all do. and seeing people walk away from the faith is obviously something like, man, like where are we missing it? Mm-hmm. Like you know, again, like we, we've tasted and seen it, the Lord is good, so what's happening? So that kind of like sparked this interest, and so um, as I began to kind of like want to study a little bit more about how people can have such strong faith in God and walk away from it, I stumbled across a book called after Doubt and um when i when I read that, I was hooked, and I, I remember um oddly enough, I know I make like if people listen to us i I make references to like moments where I'll, I'll go on vacation, but those are moments that are really, really big downloads for me, yeah, and I remember i was um I was on vacation and I was reading it and I couldn't put it down. Um, and, and I like to chill when I'm on vacation. So (laughs) I like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, I I read through the whole thing in like three days just like consumed it. And I was like, this is captivating. And then I got the, um, the audible book and I listened to it and then I read it again. And I was like, I feel like there's something in this that one sheds a light as to some of the things that are leading to it. But It doesn't have to be a dead end. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that inspired me the most. So I wanted to try to be real enough to present some of the things that people have walked through that trigger those moments of doubt or deconstruction or whatever we want to call it, but letting them know like one, it's okay. But then two, you don't have to give up because what I think I was seeing is that people were subscribing to. If I'm walking through this, then that means I have to abandon everything. Hmm. And so uh, to me, this was meant to provide an answer to it's okay to walk through this. Just keep walking. Yeah. So that's what inspired me probably more than anything is seeing people and then reading that book and saying, this could be a solution to help people understand. It's okay to walk through some things, but just walk through it in a healthy way and, and, and know that God's with you through it and he'll be with you on the other side of it.
1: Yeah. And next week, we're actually going to sit down with the author of the book, Dr. Yes. AJ Swoboda, uh, the author of After Doubt, and, and hear from him uh, and get his perspective on it. And I would just go ahead and mark it on your calendar Absolutely. to be ready, get your notifications on when that episode drops, because uh, it's going to be great. He yep. he's, he's a great guy. And he's, like you said, the book's timely, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's full of wisdom, and it's captivating, and it, it's really hard to put down. And uh after after listening to it myself which by the way my first audiobook I'm usually a paper yeah you are so I did the I did the audiobook and it was a good experience yeah yeah I I think
2: it's one of the ones that you can listen to it and you can internalize it because I think the way that he writes um it's so visual that you can kind of like capture what he's saying and of course you want to go back and highlight things but um his is one of the ones that I think you can actually listen to and it's like I feel like I'm, I'm getting it. I'm internalizing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, to that conversation and I hope everybody is as well. I'm, um, I can't
2: wait to hear it. But, I know it's going to be amazing. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, I will quick rabbit trail. You mentioned something that I want to talk you you said that usually your vacations can be downloads for you. Yeah. Um, I, I know for me, I've had similar experience, but what is it about new environments that can that can spark other things in our mind. Is there anything biblical about like getting out of something in order, you know what I'm talking about in order to, to hear another side? I mean, just curiosity.
2: Yeah. I I think, um, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit. So we, we tend to have routines and Mm -hmm. and there's muscle memory and reflex and you're in the same environments. And and even if we try to do different things, like it just sparks almost like this automatic behavior. Mm. So I, I know for me, and, you know, and I, I think that we could look at the model that Jesus creates where he would intentionally kind of get away and, and remove himself from his normal surroundings in order for him literally to go and pray. And it was really to model to us getting away, getting a download from God. So I think that there's a biblical reference to that. But I just think just physiologically, whenever we get out of our norm, we seem to be a lot more aware. Mm-hmm. Our our senses seem to be a lot more acute. Like, you know, think of, think for a moment whenever you're like, you ever like notice where like if you're driving somewhere, you've never been like. We turn the music down, yeah, like why mm-hmm. but it's something about like I need to pay closer attention yeah. as if me listening to this music in any way <laughs> like affect- fa- but it's something about like I need to be more zeroed in because I'm in an unfamiliar territory right well I think the same can be said that when we're like in a removed environment that we're not typically in, it's like we we turn the wrong things down so that we could turn up in the right thing, so mm-hmm. I think that's kind of I know that is one thousand percent what happens with me, yeah um towards
1: the the beginning of the series pastor Keith you you said that uh you wanted to make it abundantly clear that the answer to all of this is Jesus mm-hmm. right the answer to all of our doubts and questions and uh <clears throat> even the the trial of walking through this uh it 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 should be Jesus now that sounds great yep on a sunday and it you know and it can it can sell right yep what i think what people would want to know is what does that mean, though? Like, yeah. what does that look like that Jesus is the answer? Because I've even been guilty myself of trying to just throw that blanket on top yeah. of anything and say, well, yeah, just cover yourself. And, you know, <laughs> what does that mean to you when you say that? What are you trying to convey when you say, yes, but Jesus is the answer? Yeah.
2: Well, I think there's a there's a couple of things The the primary motivation of it is um, I, I guess when I'm. Whenever you're talking about deconstruction, doubt, and any of the other topics we're going to hit on, you know, people kind of come in with their own slant on it. So I realize that there will be people that could potentially be listening uh, to this, um, to the series, even listen to our conversation right now, that may be on the other side. They may have another perspective. And so what happens a lot of times when you do choose to engage in a perspective that's different than yours, you're often listening so that you can kind of poke holes or whatever oh they didn't consider this so for me it was almost like a disclaimer saying like we're going to talk about these things but I'm just being honest with you where my perspective is on it so that way there's no way that you would think that I'm going to look at it the exact same way as a person who's like not a follower of Jesus I just want to be upfront and saying mm-hmm. hey we're going to talk about this but understand that I'm talking about it through the lens of hope and not from the lens of despair so I just wanted to be honest and transparent with this is how I'm approaching it but then practically speaking um I guess I'm looking at it when I, when I make statements like that, I'm speaking from a place of personal experience. Mm. So my, my personal experience has been in seasons where I've walked through droughts and seasons that I've walked through the Valley. Um, Jesus, Jesus being the answer means you just don't give up. Mm. Like there's, there's something to just, just persevering and trusting God. And then I know that that's not always the most practical and tangible, but it means that most of scripture when we read these passages of these heroes of the faith they walk through brutal moments that imagine if they didn't keep moving forward that right. abraham's not abraham imagine if we didn't keep moving forward to moses isn't moses it's it's reminding us that just continue to walk and trust and i think in my own life i've i've seen that enough so a lot of it i'm just speaking from what i've seen with my mom what i've seen in my own life of just like yeah this is this is brutal But I I trust God and I want to keep trusting him. I want to keep walking. I'll stumble, but I want to keep moving forward. So Mm -hmm. it's really just speaking from a place of not so much like copy and paste, saying in Jesus name, it fixes everything. Mm -hmm. It just means that I know no other way except to continue to trust him.
1: Yeah. And you talked about you talked about that faith uh, in the the first week and and how how can faith and doubt coexist. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think what you were, were trying to say about that was it is possible. Like, mm-hmm. it is possible to, to believe, but Lord help the parts that I don't believe. Absolutely. Um, When, when do you think that doubt becomes detrimental? Because I, I think there is a point to where we should be questioning yep. things, and, and we should be wanting truth. But if we start, our questions can turn into doubt mm-hmm. if we're not getting the answers that we're wanting, right? Yep. So, so when do you think that deconstruction or doubt that leads to deconstruction, when do you think that can begin to be de- detrimental
0: to us?
2: Yeah, I think when um, I, there's a couple of things. One, you know, what 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 triggered it? Mm-hmm. Let's let's be honest with what's what's triggered the, the very reason why I'm, I'm going through this moment, because I think what, a lot of times if we're not honest with. Man, I'm walking through this difficult season. And I'm willing to ask some very difficult questions, but let's acknowledge at least what triggers it. Because I think when we're talking about truth um, and, and I know that that's that's a, that's like almost a weighty word in and of itself, mm-hmm. because everybody has their own truth and live out your own truth. But but as, but as a follower of Christ, I believe that there is the truth. Mm-hmm. So so what is happening is as I'm having conversations and I'm processing through things and I see the truth, which I believe is Christ. You can ask questions that are built off of your own personal truth that could then cause you to question the truth of God's word, the validity of who he is, and that can lead us into a place of despair. So I just want to make sure that I'm not using my experience or my feelings as the only metric of truth. So I think that it can become detrimental when the answers that I'm looking for reside within my feelings. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to resolve something for me personally and exclusively me. I think that's when it gets a little bit dangerous because now we're beginning to define our own version of truth,
1: yeah it and it's you know another thing that is in the book and s- things are starting to mash together at this point for me, so it, <laughs> probably in the sermon somewhere it's coming but uh well, you actually mentioned it, you said you know it's easier to change our beliefs and our behavior mm-hmm. um and and i had, I never really thought about it that way but but it is so true when when things get tricky or when things get hard or they're not going the way that we want them to go um the world tells us that we can just shift, right? Yeah. And and we can <laughs> we, we can kind of create our own mm-hmm. system uh, of the way things work, but unfortunately in God's economy that's that's not necessarily the way it is. Yep. So, um wh- why is there a stigma to doubt? What why why do we look down upon it. I mean, you even mentioned, uh, almost tongue in cheek about like, man, Thomas, the only dude in the Bible that's got that (laughs) nickname, that condescending nickname of doubting Thomas, you know, we don't call Moses murdering Moses. (laughs) So why, why is that such a a hot button,
2: especially within the church? I think because, um, I feel like man in in the church, if I, if I can be, you know, just, just keep it 100, man, I, I feel like, there's, there's a there's a lot of, um, a, there's a facade because what we, it's faith. And so when we read scriptures about, you know, having the faith of a mustard seed, and we see these things like, you know, have faith and those who come to God must believe that he is, there's these, this currency inside of the kingdom is faith, and that's what moves mountains. So I think that people believe that the opposite of faith is doubt. And mm-hmm. I certainly don't want to embrace something that's the opposite of what God is telling me to do. So you almost begin to diminish it, keep it suppressed and vilify it. But I I think as you look through scripture, you see that people have wrestled with doubt, but kept moving forward. So I think we just have to take the stigma off as if like doubt is a dead end. Hmm. There's so many people that have walked through seasons of doubt. I mean, and and we gave a list of uh, some of them in in the sermon, but you won't find many folks that God called to do some powerful things at some point they didn't ask, like, "Am I the right person for this? God, are you sure like it's it's a it's a literal part of our human existence to me. I mean, the sovereign God, creator of the universe, is inviting you to be a part of moving his kingdom forward. Like I almost think it's arrogant not to doubt like, mm-hmm. are you sure you got the right guy? Yeah like I mean, it's so for us. I think it's just faith and doubt can coexist as long as we don't look at doubt as the opposite of faith. Mm-hmm. I really don't think it is, but I think unfortunately. It's such a stigma because we've created this this tension that doesn't need to be there that if you doubt it's the opposite of faith and I don't believe that's true, yeah,
1: and within you know the church circle um hopefully that's something that that we're learning from through this season right mm-hmm. and, and and hopefully it's something that the global church can be more aware of be yeah. more empathetic to and, and and start to help actually um bring healing to it yeah. as opposed to to throwing stones at it but Mm -hmm. um, you you know, speaking of the church, you mentioned something, uh, in in our last, uh, last week's message about, uh, church hurt, um, which was, it was, it was a great message. And I don't know how you define a a, a message of, of a weighty topic like that is great, but, uh, or how you walk away from it encouraged, but I was encouraged, you know, Mm -hmm. and I walked away from it with full of hope, but you said it's okay if people uh dislike you because of Christ, but it's not okay if people dislike jesus uh because of you and and I think that the you is the church right yep. the yep. you is not necessarily um uh the individual but what do you you mentioned that um staying plugged into community is big when you're when you're walking through seasons of doubt like this so mm-hmm. w- what do you do if you don't feel loved in the community that that you're connected to like <laughs> I want to stay connected to the community and I have all these questions and me personally, man, like I know people that that's where they've been burned. Right. So what would you say to someone who's like, I want to stick around, but I'm not feeling welcomed.
2: Yeah, man. I think it's almost like, um, it's almost like anything else where, you know, if Megan and I have this saying where it's like, man, you got to go where you grow. Mm -hmm. So, so as pastors, um, people come and there are seasons where people feel led to go to different environments. If you have, um, you know, as a, let's say, for instance, let me just be practical. So for us, we're a, a, a young church. And, and, and so we're, we're building to be a church that has such rich legacy that we're going to see infants come in and that will eventually graduate and go to college and still be a part of our church community. Mm -hmm. So like the church is growing with our community. But if you're coming in and you already want this robust system that's already been in place, well, we haven't lived that yet, so mm-hmm. it's not there. So go to an environment that you can grow in. It's okay to go where you can grow. And so I feel like if we are connected to communities that we don't feel loved in, then what do we do in any in other instance? We, we typically move on to another community that makes us feel a little bit more welcome and that we, that we love. I think the, the, the challenge can be um, is when we gravitate to things that don't move us forward. So my, my suggestion would be whether it's like you take someone who maybe you're in a toxic work environment and it's just not good for you. Well, you don't stop working. You, OK, well, let me find another environment that I can work in. And, and what are some things that are important to me in this new job that I'm looking for? What's the what's the culture like? What's the what's the leadership like? And then you end up kind of shopping around and then hopefully finding a job that can pay the bills, but actually that you actually enjoy. I know mm-hmm. that that that's it's possible to do that. And so we end up looking for something that is a little bit more beneficial for us. So for me, that's ultimately what I would say when it comes to us trying to find community. It's like, man, if, if the community that you're a part of is a part of the problem, mm-hmm. um, don't go into isolation. Don't connect to communities that are just as hurt and frustrated as you are because it doesn't move you forward. Um, but then just begin to look around like, where can I go that can help me to move forward? So I just think we have to do that same diligence that we would do. With virtually anything else, man, Mm -hmm. it's this grocery store is terrible. So I'm not going to stop shopping. I'm going to go to another one that's going to give me the service that I want. Yeah, that's
1: that's tough for me. Um, and and how do you how do you distinguish between because you're you're always move forward, you know, keep moving forward, stick with it, perseverance, right? We even mentioned at the beginning of the the podcast. But um, how do you know when it's time to go? Yeah, you know how how do you know when uh, it's time, to, like the season, uh, yeah. to use the church word. The season <laughs> is up. You know how? How do you know that? Is it case by case? Like, c- could you draw on maybe some personal experience to help someone know? Like, man, when do when do I know this is done? Yeah. When when do I know it's time for me to move on? When do I know that this is
2: this is hurting me? Yep. So, um there's a, there's a statement that, um, another church phrase out throw out there is that the grace has lifted, <laughs> okay. um, the grace has lifted. And so a, a lot of that kind of pulls from, um, the imagery of the old Testament where it would be the cloud of glory. Literally, you know, there was no, I think sometimes like, even though we have the advantage because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us and we, we are certainly in a better position, but there is a very visual practical side of when you look at scripture of specifically the old Testament where like there was a cloud yeah. that hovered over them. And when it was time to go, the cloud would start moving. And it's <laughs> like, okay, we got to move. we got to follow the cloud. Like it's pretty clear, yeah. but we get this language about it's time to move or the grace has lifted because we're looking at that imagery. So I think for me, um, ways that I've been able to identify that the grace has lifted is when it takes more effort to stay like it's just like the that I sense that everything is there's a measure of resistance in every single thing so then I have to begin to evaluate like is this evidence that the grace is lifting and and here's the thing very rarely have I seen personally and even in scriptures now God may not always tell us but very rarely does God lead us to nowhere mm. so for me whenever there's been moments where the grace is lifting it's been clear that he's leading me somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I think that's been a very big distinction for me with knowing, okay, is this something that's meant to be developing for my character and I need to persevere through it and through this, I'm going to learn something or is the grace lifting because I know that God is leading me to something else. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's just taking inventory and seeing, man, is God leading me to something else? But if you feel like the grace is lifting or it's time to go, the season's up, whatever phrase we want to put out there, but it's not leading you anywhere that's when you have to pause and ask the question okay so, I, so is this something i need to persevere through to mm-hmm. develop through it because god's not going to lead you nowhere
1: yeah yeah that makes sense and that's that's great advice i mean there's been times in my life where
2: i have thought
1: like man is it over um for me and whatever the scenario may be but like you said like i i had nowhere to go you mm-hmm. know and i didn't feel like there was there was a new destination so mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's spot on. Uh, you know, this this past week again, you know, we were we were talking about church hurt and talking about, and basically, if, if you're not familiar with the term, what what we're just talking about is uh, uh, being hurt by people uh, in the church, being hurt by a, a a entity, a body that is supposed to bring love and healing, mm-hmm. and, and being disappointed and let down by that. And I think uh, if we're all honest. Uh, we have been disappointed in uh some way shape or form and Absolutely. Uh, maybe it's because uh a little bit uh, on our end we've made church and god synonymous mm-hmm. um but also there's a there's a real res- uh responsibility that uh especially as leaders we need to take and yeah. uh in, in order to to move forward so one thing you you touched on uh was uh, just accountability in the church and yes. and, and how I guess for someone that just is sitting in the seats, um, maybe they're not super connected to a leader in the church, but they see something or, or they sense something, or something's off. What's the biblical way for them to be able to approach that? For them to be able to 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 come to a person and say, "Hey, I have a question about this," or mm-hmm. "I don't, this doesn't look right." Like, can anybody do that? Yeah. A and then B how would they go about doing that if they, if they see or sense something that seems off to them in a church setting?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that are really cultural mm. and, um, and then it's posture of the heart. So, so here's what I mean. Um, so with any, with any church, I, here, here's the thing. Anybody could show up anywhere and have, advice or feelings about sure. anything sure so i do believe that you know there has to be some measure of like commitment or connection to the community because any otherwise anybody could just show up like hey man i got some things i want i got some notes <laughs> for you like sure. it's like like you know so there's gotta and be that some, happens yeah for sure and i, I know I'm, i know it does so it, <laughs> so for me i think that if we have those burdens on our heart that there has to be some measure of like a mutual commitment to the to the to the community, so that one it can be heard with the proper posture, and then two, there is this awareness that we're all just trying to be better. So I think one not being overly critical mm. um, is is a part posture too. When it comes to culture, um, really, I, I guess it starts with just getting a sense of okay, what is the the culture of that particular community, which I think is what breeds a lot of the problems. So to be quite plain, no one, no one gets to live without accountability. Mm. No one. Only Jesus and even he modeled to us that he was accountable. you see me doing things because it's what the I'm only doing what the father should so Jesus models to us that no one gets to just live just like on their own island doing whatever they want to do so unfortunately, what has happened um, in churches you know I don't want to vilify exclusively the church because we are the church and it's we who are part of the church that yeah. kind of perpetuate some of this stuff, but if I can speak candidly about the local church um it's not always clear. Well, what's accountability look like? If, if, if Keith goes off the rails, what does, what does Nate do? So like, I mean, and that's, that's what we're talking about. So I think that, you know, when it comes to like, if you're sitting in the seats and you're seeing things that, um, that you have questions about or things that you just want to get clarity about, one, you're invested in that community 2 um, you're getting a sense of the culture. And then I think, honestly, at least I could speak for um for us here but this is what i believe is the biblical model scripture says that if you have an issue that you bring it to that person um and that becomes like a a one-on-one meeting and i've had those i've had people say hey can i sit with you and i got some questions about this and i think that's a very that's a biblical healthy way to do it Mm -hmm. um not hopping on social media not going and telling all your friends and getting group think but but genuinely saying like hey here's some questions that i have and let us reason together and we may have some things that um, we may differ on. There's aspects of our theology that are connected to culture. There's things called Christian liberties. There's a lot of things that um, that you can get into. And then you can just determine, yeah, I want to be a part of a community that does that, or I don't. It doesn't have to be this contentious warfare thing. Now, if you bring up something that's, that's biblical and a person is resistant or they won't hear it, then the Bible says that you bring a witness. Mm. And now, I bring somebody else into that conversation. So, now, I just want to make sure that we're talking about this in a biblical way. I want to make sure that our feelings get, aren't getting caught up. So I've brought somebody with me, or what is our process of bringing someone else into this conversation? Then after that, that's when I believe that it's healthy to agree to go separate ways or, or whatever that can look like. So just being quite candid, if someone is seeing something um, in our church that they just, it, it grieves them. Not like a preference, oh, I wish they would sing more of these songs than that sure. song, like Okay, yeah, we all have that. But if there's like things that you are doctrinally wrestling with, um, I believe that the next step is to connect with you, Nate, or come and talk to me. Um, We have a meeting, we discuss it. And then if we don't come to a a common ground, you can either come to a consensus of, okay, let me bring someone else into the conversation so I can get more wisdom on it. Or maybe this is the environment that I'm not supposed to be in anymore. But I don't think that disagreement has to be messy and Mm. in in spilled out that causes a lot of confusion and pain i think that's the part that i would love to see a lot less of but yes i do have accountability yes. so let's say like let's say like it's i'm the problem yeah let's say like i've just gone off the rails and i'm i'm an absolute nut yes i do have accountability pastor tim timberlake specifically as we're speaking about this that's my uh, accountability we have an executive team yeah um, that's my accountability we have an executive pastor so there are other i guess we would define as elders in our church that if things um, were problematic. If I was the problem, our staff knows. But I want our congregation to know as well that I'm not just this independent guy who's sitting on a throne mm-hmm. and like, you know, you guys are oppressed and I'm looking at your text messages <laughs> and emails and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yes, sure. I. So I just want to make sure I clarify. No, yeah, it. Like, it's not like, hey, if I don't agree with your issue, then sorry, you can just leave the church. It's no, there are other avenues that we can explore as well. It doesn't rise and fall with just me.
1: Yeah and part of that is, is being able to admit like man you know what i was wrong or mm-hmm. we were wrong and it's something that historically i don't know if the church has been super comfortable with doing mm-hmm. uh like admitting wrong um but uh in the book uh, after doubt uh dr Swoboda says part of being a christian is being wrong yes and, you know be, because he he even says and i, I think we're going to get to it touch on it next week but um you know somebody that he looked up to said that 80% of my, I have to be okay with the fact that 80% of my theology is probably wrong. And this was coming from a biblical scholar, Mm -hmm. you know? So how how do we, how do we change that? Pastor Keith, like what, how can we health in a healthy manner? And in a way where we can still have a trusting relationship uh, with one another, with other churches, with congregations, um, be able to to say like, hey guys, we were wrong on this, or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Like, like, what do you see? What's your hope for that? And in, in, in the church moving forward,
2: I think, um, I think listening to people, mm-hmm. I I, f- I feel like that's the that's the biggest the biggest burden is, um, we're not willing to to listen, mm-hmm. and and which is why I think deconstruction in and of itself doesn't have to be this bad thing. I mm-hmm. think there's moments where we have to evaluate is is this working? Is it is it meeting its intended purpose? And so you can have scholars that will um examine scripture and and say, okay, this is prescriptive or this is descriptive. And and those are two completely different concepts um with with properly um just understanding God's intent with his word. Is this prescribing what we should do or is this a description of what was done? And 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 if we aren't willing to examine that and not feel as if we have the answers on all of that i think that we're going to miss the boat because what can happen is and what we've seen just through history um things that were describing what happened people took that as an interpretation of god was okay with it Mm -hmm. so when you see um passages that are addressing oppression slavery bondage things like that people are like well hey you know slavery's in the bible well no that's a description of what was happening but that's not God prescribing. He's not this endorsing slavery. Yeah, I'm not endorsing that. Yeah. That's not what. So I think a lot of times as cultures have evolved and as we've recognized times have moved forward, we haven't done a good job of making the distinction between description and prescription. And as we start to recognize that some things are descriptions and not prescriptions, just owning it. Mm. Like, hey, I thought that this was uh, I thought this was a prescription, but it was actually a description. And we thought it was that. So we missed the mark on that. But God is still God. Jesus is still Lord. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep moving forward. I think we just have to be willing to do that. So I think the way that we do that is just. Just come to grips with our own mortality. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, man, we can we could sometimes feel like we got it all figured out that somehow missing the mark means that we've missed the mark on Jesus in and of himself. And mm-hmm. so it's OK. Again, two things can be true at the same time. Jesus can be Lord. And I also could have missed understanding aspects of what he's trying to teach. Yeah. Those two things can be true at the same time. And I think that's part of the human journey. But Here's what I'll say. When you, when you do like um, a chronological study of the writings of Paul. So, of course, when you read the, the New Testament and you get to Paul's writings there, it's not displayed in the New Testament in the order that he wrote them. But if you, if you read them in order, you actually see Paul's theology mm. evolve and strengthen as he's addressing the same topics. Because mm. ultimately what you'll find with Paul, Paul is powerful but redundant. He's basically talking about the same thing in all the different books in different ways and taking the same principle and drilling down on whatever that specific problem is. But as you watch his writings progress, you see that he becomes a lot more clear. There's things that he begins to um, articulate better. So when people say like, "Oh, the Bible is filled with contradictions," it's not that. It's what it is. Is that people's perspective is becoming clearer as they're maturing in their faith.
0: Yeah,
1: it's being sanctified almost in real time, and and you're watching that happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's still canon, and it's still scripture, and it's still uh, what we refer to as God's word, and it's and it's meant to to build us up and uh, use for teaching and uh, edifying and all that good stuff. So um, that's amazing that God works through. (laughs) Our humanity in that way, you know, yeah. and, and even someone as as um even someone like Paul, who is a pillar of the faith and a hero in in New Testament, um, that it's just so cool to to realize that someone walking through this right now, someone walking through doubt, someone about to give up, maybe mm-hmm. even someone who just has so many questions and very little, if any, answers, mm-hmm. um what are you saying to them? Like how, how are you encouraging them? Um, maybe they're not even plugged into a church, but somehow they got to the podcast. You know what I mean? Like what's their next step?
2: Well, you know, I think there's a reason why, um, so much of the faith journey is built on remembrance. And, and I, I feel like, um, you know, of course we have passages like, Hey, forgetting those things which are behind, but the context of that is like, mistakes, suffering, all that type of stuff. But there's a reason why as, as we look at the, the progression of God depositing like these faith pillars into, um, the Jewish community that then gets carried on into uh, the Christian community or the followers of Christ. And, and what you see is that there was constantly this idea of remembering, mm. Hey, we're about to, like, you guys are in bondage right now. And we're, we're about to, we're about to leave here. But remember this, write this down, Mm. because there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to be sitting with your family and they may not have context of some of these things that we're doing or what we're going through right now. But then you refer back to, hey, but remember that time, God with a mighty hand delivered us out of bondage. And so now people who may not have experienced it can be a part of the story, which is why um, when you listen to um, Jewish believers, they never look at what God has done as look at what God did for them. Mm. They always say, look at what God has done for us. They conclude themselves as a part of the story. So when people are walking through doubt, I think that we live such, uh, fragmented, um, lives where we compartmentalize so many different things that we, we forget where we've seen God show up. Mm. We forget the faithfulness of God. And so we end up kind of like, like everything is in the moment instead of looking at the history of, look at what God has brought me through. Right. Look at how the faithfulness of God has delivered me in so many different things. And so that same God that did that then is the same God that's with me now, and that today's burden will be tomorrow's testimony is, as long as I keep walking through it. So my encouragement is, yes, forget the, the, the areas of shame and condemnation that the enemy wants to place on our shoulders, but what are the, what are the things that you've seen God come through Begin to think on those things. Mm. Whatever things are just, whatever things are true, think on those things and allow that to be something that you anchor yourself in as opposed to what's happening right now is the end all be all because it doesn't have to be as long as we keep moving forward.
1: Yeah. You mentioned that you're you're hopeful and you're even expectant for a uh, a revival mm-hmm. uh and, or a resurgence of uh belief and a resurgence of, you know, Christianity and following Jesus. Uh you you're expecting that Mm -hmm. Uh, what what gives you that hope what do you maybe what do you see you know in five to ten years in the church or whatever the timeline may be like Mm um what what's your hope for that and and how do you see that playing out if you if you could
2: yeah what i what i'm seeing now is and and who knows man I, i don't know if i would reduce it down to the the pandemic as being one of the, the catalysts for it. But I think that at least in my context, it did play a part where um, I'm seeing more churches that are being unified together than I personally have seen mm. in times past. I've been walking with God for over two decades now. So it's, I've, I've, I've lived in different cities, different states. I've seen different versions of it. And I believe that the day of building a brand is over. I honestly don't think that people are even looking for that anymore. Mm. Now, every community is unique. And so people are going to attend and be a part of the church that is good for them and their family. Again, go where you grow. But what I'm seeing now more than ever is I'm seeing more um, communities like faith-based communities. I'm seeing more pastors and churches partner together, working together um, than I've ever seen. And I believe that is the heart of God in all of this stuff is that we're all connected. We're all in this together. And so our names may simply just be the spotlight that allows a person to know, like, oh, that's the name of that community. But it shouldn't be something that's meant to be a barrier of division that we are us and they are them and we're not connected. So what I'm sensing now is we're going to continue to see more and more churches um, link arms, again, kind of use these Christian terms, walk alongside each other. But I think we're going to see a lot more churches partnering together. I mean, we've been the beneficiaries of churches allowing us to use their facility like those days of this is our people and we can't commingle I think that those things are going away where it's actually okay for us to all be in this together that's what gives me hope is I'm seeing a lot more of that and I'm seeing even people who have gone through deconstruction those who come out of it they're looking for that Mm -hmm. they're look they're not looking to um they're not looking for the brand anymore. They're looking for a true community and life change. And I believe that's what we're seeing happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, even we sit right now in a Baptist church yep. recording this podcast, you know, yep. as, as a different denomination. And that's they, we're beautiful. just leading the way. That's beautiful, man. <laughs> <laughs> we we are. We're doing our best. Right. <laughs> right. Um, before we before we sign off, any, anything else, you know, from the past couple of weeks or anything you you want to. Uh, you want to drop for, for coming up, or I just always like to ask you before I, before I hit stop on the record button.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, my hope is, cause I realize that this podcast is, um, it's its own thing, but my hope is that, that people are, are leaning in for, for this series. Like it's, it's weighty and, and, you know, and I, and I've, I've wrestled with like, man, we, we celebrate the goodness of God. It's, it's a part of the pillar of, of who we are as a church. Um, but I don't necessarily believe that having discussions that are very weighty and meaningful in any way um, is contrary to that, mm. because I think God is good in spite of that. So um, my biggest encouragement is that as people are are, are leaning in and, and listening to these varying topics, we're going to talk about suffering. We're going to talk about unmet expectation. We're going to talk about disappointment. Um, we're going to talk about all that, but then the series is going to end on Yes, these are things that lead to deconstruction, but the last message in the series is going to be reconstruction. Mm. How do I reassemble the thing that I, I walked away from? And so my hope is that in this measure of time that people can be on this entire journey with us and mm-hmm. hopefully in all of it um, it'll it'll allow them to ask the questions they need to be asking, um, seek God where they need to seek God, but ultimately reassemble something that's going to allow them to be stronger and and filled with more joy than ever. So that's my my biggest takeaway is just like just let's just see this thing to the end. And yeah. I'm not saying that this series in and of itself will be the uh the apex of someone's journey, but I do think it can be a piece of the puzzle that's helping them um as we walk through these very difficult difficult times. And so, man, it's 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 beautiful, it's weighty, but I think that's what the gospel is.
1: Yeah. And another piece to that puzzle is gonna be next week's episode with Doctor AJ Swoboda. Yes the author of After Doubt. So make sure you guys stick around for that. Pastor Keith, thanks so much for coming on. I uh, yes. always love talking to you and uh, look forward to continuing on in this
2: series. Absolutely. Go Eagles.
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining us for After the Message. To learn more about Celebration Church here in Orlando, you can follow us on social media under the handle at CelebrationORL or visit our website at CelebrationORL.org.